Hello, and welcome to Who Are You? It's a Babylon 5 watchcast by a couple of former strangers who are now friends and are getting to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Laura. And I'm Jafer. And Jafer, today, I got a need. I have a need to do a little bit of make-believe. Yeah? <laughs> are you thinking it's time for plot poker? Hello. Oh, I deal myself in. I think it's time for plot poker. Hello. Oh, I deal myself in. Now, did the drop play twice there, or just when <laughs> I said it, or just when you said it? doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it played twice. Anyways, yeah, so we're doing plot poker today. We haven't done this in a couple of months, so I'm going to go over the basic premise here. We're going to open some packs of the Babylon 5 collectible card game. I've got like six packs in front of me because I think I was stingy the last time we opened. So I've got a handful of extra packs now and we're going to go through, open up these packs and sort cards into four piles, characters, problems, solutions, and twists. We're then going to pull one card out randomly from each pile. And then these will form the a plot and B plot respectively of a fake episode of Babylon five, which we will then rate on our patented scale of Babylon's one to five. Yeah. Yeah. You ready to open some packs? I'm ready. I'm going to give you some of that good crinkle action. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's stuff that Aaron never has to edit out. <laughs> I was editing last time on this morning <laughs> and Vic, our friend from D Dominion media and television is really big on Foley work. <laughs> 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 oh, that's commitment. Yeah, that's and commitment. it's like Ben and I are like, we, we're we going to put sound effects in post. You don't need to crinkle a paper like you're ripping open an envelope to look at a web page. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we can do these things. All right. Well, I pulled a Jakar in my first pack, which is that's just... That's awesome. Have we had a Jakar yet? We haven't had so. a Jakar in plot poker yet, for sure. Yeah. So this is, we're opening packs of Severed Dreams right now which is our fourth box of cards. And I think, oh, Prime Minister Rifa. Oh. And Major Krantz, ooh, from wow. Babylon 4. So many gets. I have a good get. I have Draw the Caretaker in this first pack. Ooh. I also have They're Killing Us, the card. Oof. Yikes. Indeed. So, oh, shit, Captain Sheridan. Ooh. I'm going to put Sheridan in the solutions problem and pretend it's a nuke. I've got Lady <laughs> Timov. I got Veer. I haven't seen her yet. Ooh, Veer. We like him. This is banger after banger in these packs. <laughs> I got a good one that I'm going to put in my solutions. <laughs> I hope it's tactical nuke. <laughs> I wish it was tactical nuke, but it's also kind of funny. <laughs> I may That may come back to bite me. It's funny, but I don't know that it's actually good air. So <laughs> <laughs> I got Steel Babylon 4. <laughs> All right. Just outright, just taking the station. Ooh, not the one. <laughs> Apply two influence for each Zathras you control. I hope that's good. And you can control a lot of Zathrai, I think. 
I've got a Zathrai in every pile of cards sitting in front of me right now. I think that is the perfect way to deploy Zathras. That was a fun little run. Oh, I got Jakar too. Look at that. Mm, cool. Jakar's for everyone. Right. Okay, so guess what, Jafar? What, Laura? It's a Jakar episode. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a Jakar episode. And unfortunately, Jakar has to deal with a psychopath. Oh, no. So uh, I think it's a human psychopath. I think we've got another of our classic xenophobic humans Ugh. has come to Babylon 5 full of a quarter of a million humans and aliens. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> yeah. And like way too many telepaths. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's just itching for a fight with the Narn. And I think I think it's the, you know, just easy casual racism of like, you know, the Centauri look a little bit like us at least. Mm -hmm. And uh, they don't like the Narn. And they're telling me all these things about the Narn being backwards and barbarians and stuff. And uh, they wear these fancy coats, you know, the Centauri. And they're just, you trust them. And so he's <laughs> working with maybe some other like Centauri thugs who are wanting to up and be up and coming and uh they have planted a bomb oh my god jc a bomb oh no and forced an evacuation of the station so this episode is going to involve a lot of extras as we evacuate and our main characters have to uh spend the episode finding and defusing the bomb probably mr garibaldi's problem mm -hmm. and then sheridan's for some reason they're going to do this together and uh, after the station's evacuated, they get that taken care of. Get Mr. Psychopath handled. Well, bad news. Now there's a disinformation campaign by the Psychopath's allies. And we end the A-plot with a news report full of disinformation playing in the Zocalo. Ooh, not disinformation. Yeah, the worst. Right. God, who would let that on the news? Who would knowingly let disinformation on the news? That's so yeah. terrible. People go to the news for information, not for disinformation. Yeah. How could that happen it's, in a society as advanced as Babylon 5, let alone a society less advanced, <laughs> technologically speaking? Sure. All right. So our B-plot. Uh, while this psychopath is coming on board, we're revisited by Major Krantz. Oh, what's he up to? Well, he was overseeing the construction of Babylon 4 and was evacuated uh, in Season 3 when our heroes stole Babylon 4. And he yeah. has come back to the station uh, because his life is a fucking mess. Yeah, he's not doing great, huh? He lost... What was it, six or seven years of his life or something, just like plucked out of time? Yeah. You know, so it his was PTSD too, like pretty yeah. wild times. Yeah. But he's been uh he's been obsessed with this image he saw as Babylon 4 was being pulled back into time of mm -hmm. the crab ships carrying that reactor core to try and blow up the station. 
Mm. And so he's feeling the lure of shadow. Oh, scary. He, he wants to know more. And at this point, you know, the shadow war has kicked off in full swing. Okay. I wonder if they got a hold of our psychopath, too. They might have. And so Krantz is having episodes and getting out of his, getting a little bit out of his mind, and the PTSD is real bad until Captain John Sheridan sits down with him. Uh, our solution card being Sheridan. I know I said I was going to use it for a nuke, but this is uh, not really a situation to. <laughs> no, this is a stepdaddy Sheridan situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he sits Krantz down. And it's just like, I know you've resigned your Earth Force commission because you couldn't, it was too much. And I understand that. This is what you saw. This is what's going on. This is actually what happened. And tells him everything that's appropriate to tell him. Babylon 4 went back in time to fight the shadows the first time. They were trying to stop it now and were actively fighting them. Okay. And so Krantz is like, hey, this is a terrible thing and it might be a good use for my skills and maybe I can do something here to help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I can't at home, I need a new life. And so uh, he signs up and becomes a ranger. Yeah. Okay. I, maybe our A and B plots intertwine a little here and he helps with the evacuation. He like helps Ivanova while oh, Sheridan and Garibaldi are off. You got to have him and Marcus do. Yeah, that could be fun. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And then at before the end of the episode here, there is a a council meeting about trying to get the League of Non-Aligned Worlds and the defense stuff and all the things that they were trying to make happen for a number of episodes there. This is tied in with that. Mm -hmm. And Kosh, Bad Kosh.0 shows up. And cast the only vote against. Ooh, rude. Yeah. <laughs> That's very Kosh.0, though. Yeah. All right. Well, how do we feel about this episode? Well, I got to say that the A plot seems like it's been done a few times. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly has. <laughs> yeah. But I do like that we bring back a... Uh, one kind of a one-off character from what two episodes of one of season two one of season three yeah uh so i I give this like a three this is an average episode of babylon (laughs) five yeah this feels like an average episode of babylon five it's nice to see kranz back i agree i think that's probably the highlight of everything having jakar fight the night watch people instead of the humans is nice maybe it's Mm -hmm. uh in that time of that time frame where he was in charge of station security. Yeah, I think that's great. There's that little bit of time where he was like getting all the Narn to pitch in and that's how they helped. Yeah. So, and that, that makes some humans real mad too, right? That the Narn are like bossing us around. So that could be the interesting deviation on the plot that makes this one a little bit different than the five other times this has happened in <laughs> Babylon five. Sure. Yeah. But it still has happened a bunch. So I'm with you on this. I think a three out of five is solid. Solid episode. You know what else is a solid episode? Do tell, Jafar. Well, (laughs) there's actually a lot of debate about this. A lot of people consider this one of the worst episodes of Babylon 5. 
Okay, well, we'll have to get to that. But first, we got to do the episode. Yeah, we've got season five, episode two, The Very Long Night of Londo Malari. Now, I'm going to say some stuff now. Okay. Because I haven't done any research. Okay. I know of a unshot episode called The Very Long Night of Susan Ivanova that was originally planned for this time frame back before they knew that they lost her. Oh, interesting. So when we're done with this, I'm going to see what I can find about that episode. And we'll see. I don't think it compares much, but I've purposefully stayed away from finding out anything about it when I knew that this was coming up. So that way we could kind of talk about it and discover it together because that sounds more fun for better radio for me. So we'll do that at the end. But I do know that the at the very least, the title got co-opted, whether or not any yeah. of the plot. I don't know if she was going to have a heart attack and go through her life. That doesn't really feel like a thing that would happen. It doesn't feel like a thing. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, uh, the the hour of the wolf was probably the very long night of Susan Ivanova, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I agree. I do know that title was floated around. Well, I want to say something else before we start. Go for it. And I have a metaphor that I'm going to bring up eventually, and I would like you to roll with it. Okay. (laughs) Be open to my metaphor. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So tell me, where do we start? Delenn gets woken up in the middle of the night to learn that Lanier is leaving. Yeah. Awkward, right? Yeah. She gets a call from a very nervous Mibari back on Minbar. Who uh, is urgently trying to arrange a replacement for Lanier yeah. that she did not know about? I do like this guy's style, though. He he in his like word vomit of suggestions, or you know, his word vomit of trying to handle this situation does suggest that maybe she needs three assistants. Yeah, one from each cast. <laughs> I thought would that, be that was a nice touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the three assistants hanging out at the bar with Veer for that <laughs> weekly check-in? I think that'd be great. A better spin-off than Crusade. <laughs> we move over after this to Londo, who's livid about some Bravari being impounded by Zach when he collapses to theme. Classic Londo line in here. Yeah. Where- If I held your head to my ear, I would hear the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Lando is taken to med lab while Delan and Lanier talk. Lanier quotes Valen here. Bad Mm. news improves over a good meal. I heard this in Sinclair's voice. This sounds so much like something he would say. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to go join the Rangers. Lanier has been spurred on by the death of Marcus. Mm-hmm. is what he outwardly says. He also says something here about, I don't think I'm paraphrasing too much when I say this, about he wants to be more like what Delenn would want. Yeah. No, that's that's. I don't think that's paraphrased at all. I don't think that's paraphrased. I think that's pretty direct. And so I guess we've entered the era of incel linear. Yeah. Hooray. God, that has to, those letters are, so those words have the same letters 
almost. It. I will come up with something. <laughs> Give me another episode, <laughs> listeners. I will come Just up with workshop something. Workshop it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's coming back, so you got time. I think I do. Unfortunately, Garibaldi finds Veer in the Zocalo to fill him in, and she says it's been a heart attack. Uh, we get about the Centauri vasculatory system here. I love this little world building we get about the two hearts mm-hmm. and how one is more part of the immune system and stuff. Mm-hmm. The big heart, you can repair the little heart you can't and stuff. It's very interesting. I love it when we hear about alien organs. Yeah. Give me more alien medicine. <laughs> Sheridan and Delenn are talking while visiting Londo's side. And they go over the gamut of feelings they and the audience likely have felt for Londo. He's, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Londo is the second most likable genocider in fiction. Second most. Ender in Ender's Game. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, fuck Orson Scott <laughs> Card. Just yeah. getting that out there. True. But yeah, and Londo, still a genocider. Yeah, but he's been so dang likable. And that's when I think when we started this show, I said that I liked Londo. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had forgotten all about the genocide or, you know, swept it under the rug a little bit. I think especially you hadn't seen the show since you were young. I don't think something as terrible as genocide is easily comprehended by someone who doesn't have a fully formed brain. Surely. Yeah. So don't be too hard on yourself there. I found this hilarious that while we're talking about the range of emotions we feel about Londo, we are also visiting about Lanier's vibes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just standing here looking at our friend and very important person, the emperor of the Centauri in the hospital, talking about the lens, slightly creepy friend, apparently. (laughs) given bad vibes yeah. we're not ready to open up this marriage like yeah it's best that he goes <laughs> fun hospital chat how many mimbari ceremonies are there for getting rid of a best friend who, who has feelings for you that you don't reciprocate <laughs> that's gotta be at least two right hopefully it's just two <laughs> <laughs> Well, by the end of the ceremony, maybe you don't feel that way about the person anymore and it's easier to leave. <laughs> <laughs> One can hope. We move into Lando's dream sequence here. Tilted cameras, warm lighting, long takes. It's shot completely differently when we're in Lando's mind than the rest of the yeah. show. And I really appreciate that. He's stuck in the down below of the mind. Ah, yeah. He finds a fortune teller down here, and this is where my metaphor kicks in. All right. This fortune teller is Delenn's face behind a veil. Yeah. And it is his ghost of Christmas past. Okay. Delenn in her... She specifically says it's his past in the cards. Yeah. Yeah, Delenn in her tarot phase from high school, Mm -hmm. uh, whose deck is leaking Robitussin. (laughs) <laughs> is that what centauri blood looks like it's just a nice thick like corn syrupy colored yeah that seems right yeah that seems right <laughs> yeah the very least lando's blood is probably thick like fucking cough syrup so yeah 
she tells him that he's dying. He says he knows. He's willing to die now to spite fate of his 20 years of premonitions of his death. <laughs> I mean, I guess I get it. Yeah. Sometimes I just really, really want to do what you don't want me to do. <laughs> Lando is uh, presented a mystery here. Where is he? What word does he need? What else does he need besides the desire to continue living? And why is Jakar creeping? And what is the sound under the floor? <laughs> what is that beating sound? It's the hideous heart. <laughs> yeah, someone clearly was reading Poe while putting this together. <laughs> <laughs> The effect is creepy gross. Yeah. He like takes this grate off where the heart is clearly beating. And uh, they, they did some fun practical effect there. I appreciate. I always appreciate a good practical effect. Veer and Lanier commiserate after this. Oh, there's a Shirley Temple line in here. Yeah. Uh, I love the little umbrella in his drink. Yeah. I like to Very think uh, that Lanier goes to Earth looking for Shirley Temple and ends up at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, yeah, that'd be cute. Can you just imagine Lanier <laughs> trying to understand the Hollywood Walk of Fame? <laughs> I've heard some of these names before. <laughs> mm -hmm. As Vera leaves the Zocalo, uh, Londo enters. Can't that angle nice and back. Right? It's so good. But you now know what's not good? Dreamland. Still What's no that? gorilla bartenders, even in Lando's dreams. I mean, that's where you can easily have them, too. Come on, right? Lando. I'm still <laughs> ride or die for those gorilla bartenders. <laughs> Actually, there's no booze in Lando's dream bar at all, is there? No. Yeah. Uh, we... But you know who is there? Sheridan. Ooh. The ghost of Christmas present. Oh, the metaphor. <laughs> Which is interesting, too, because Sheridan's outfit change dramatically. They run through the series and beyond. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> There's a nice version, too, of I don't know how many Christmas carols you watch, Fewer or Jaffair. Not many. But I believe that's the Muppet Christmas Carol version, that the ghost of Christmas Present, mm -hmm. his beard turns he, it's red when you know scrooge wakes up with the ghost of christmas present and his beard and hair are bright red and they turn gray and white throughout his time and then when his time is over you know the ghost of christmas present is dying yeah so i was like oh i love that sheridan's outfits are changing and running through this just like yeah. that version the moment is fleeting the present is fleet yeah i like that a lot yeah <laughs> that's cool they talk about being dead and dying, both practically and emotionally, which is a really yeah. interesting conversation, but Sheridan's a good person to have that conversation with. Truth. But they talk about more than just physical death. It's the death of the heartbreak, the death of cutting someone out of your life, the death of nuking yourself, your dead wife, and the enemy capital city. You know, just stuff everyone goes through. Yeah, we've all been there, right? Yeah. If I had a dollar for every time I've dropped a new kind of spaceship on a city while jumping into an endless pit. Would be such a rich man. Retire. 
Lando remarks he knows Sheridan will be there when he dies in his vision, in addition to Jakar. So he's a little bit more aware of the surrounding there. He did not know that when he met Sheridan. You know, that's something that he's become aware of over time. Yeah, I think he would have mentioned that right away because he doesn't like to leave leave these stones unturned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sheridan tells Lando he must confront Dream Jakar to live. Yeah, that's going to be hard. Yeah, he doesn't like encountering normal Jakar most of the time, let alone Dream Jakar. He knows all his secrets. And uh, it was as Lando refuses, white-robed Sheridan, presumably dead, yes? Says he will see him soon. Yeah. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. Franklin and Veer will remain by Londo's side through the night. And in Londo's mind, it's Veer with him now. Yeah. Would that be the ghost of Londo's future there? Yeah, I think so. That's where I'm going with it. Okay. Because uh, at least in the story, it's all about Scrooge dying and Mm -hmm. and the things that happen after he dies so veer is basically telling him this is it man (laughs) we gotta do this i think it's really sweet the way they juxtapose this with you know dream veer is being rather stern with londo and it back in med lab we cut back and forth and see veer pleading with londo not to die yeah yeah Lando's heart can no longer bear the weight of his conscience. We don't know why. She has lost the will to live. Yeah, Jakar uh, is weighing too heavy on Lando's mind. Yeah. And he's got to do something about it. Veer has the best line of the episode here, for my money. Prophecy is just a guess that comes true, and when it doesn't, it's metaphor. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You're always... You can always believe yourself right when you want to feel right. <laughs> yeah, I can think of some um the books of the Christian Bible that people would <laughs> interpret either way. Yeah. We get Dream Jakar mm-hmm. speaking to Londo, as I think Londo's barely clinging holding on here, yeah. right? And I would say if Dream Jakar is anybody from the metaphor, maybe he's Jacob Marley. Maybe we've kind of done this in reverse. Mm. He's seen all the ghosts, and now Marley is coming back to sum it up for him because he's not very smart. <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh, he's his Jacob Marley. Lundo is just ready to fucking die rather than confront Jakar here. I like to call this big Sunday night vibes, thinking about yeah. the work week. Yeah. Uh, he's got the Sunday scaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jakar rolls into med lab like real real Jakar rolls into real med lab as Malari goes into the final stages and we get a bunch of cuts here right uh, yeah. we get you know Veer upset you know Franklin upset a nurse upset Jakar stone face not giving a single fuck middle fingers in the air <laughs> just come to watch this guy die right? thanks just came to Collect what I've been waiting for here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tried it once in an elevator. Didn't go so well for me, but this time. I was supposed to be around when he dies. So by God, mm-hmm. I'm just going to hang around. <laughs> <laughs> Londo and Jakar talk to each other over in the Centauri throne room. 
Uh, he sees Rifa and asks, what madness is this? Got one more use of that drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're hanging out at the throne that Blondo doesn't deserve. Yeah. He uh taunts him back and forth. And we get a shot where Londo is like clinging to those gilded bars on that gate mm-hmm. that we've seen in and out of the Centauri throne room. I thought that was an interesting shot. There's a lot of really good shots in this episode. Yeah, there I, really are. I really like the cinematography in this one. Yeah. But then we cut over to Cartagia's torture chamber yeah. and relive that scene with two Londos watching this time. Yeah. Jakar has to remind Londo that he's complicit in the death of millions, maybe billions, war crimes, torture, all of it. And Londo is complicit. In these things through an action. Yeah. The situation is morphed as Lando finds himself ready for the whip at the whims of Emperor Jakarja. <laughs> counting the 40 lashes until his death. I'm assuming that's going to get edited, but listener know that that took me like four tries. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun to well, listen got- to me try it and take it four times. It is funny to know that I struggle. <sighs> <laughs> but you nailed it. Yeah. You really did. Stopping on Lash 29, Londo cries as uh, Jakar sees through uh, Londo. He's not sorry for what he did, only sorry that he got caught. Yeah. Londo says that he's never apologized, but he finally does. He stabilizes, wakes up, looks over at Jakar, and earnestly apologizes. Well, I, I assume earnestly, like... It feels earnest. It's not really something you can apologize for, you fucking monster. But yeah, you can can still attempt an earnest apology. Yeah. You know, does it work? (laughs) And we don't know because Jakar leaves without saying a word. Mm -hmm. He seems a little disappointed, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Or am I just reading that with my own biases? I think he knows it's as good as he's going to get. And that's probably disappointing. Yeah. Next scene, Lando mocks Jello while talking with Veer in recovery. They discuss folklore about Centauri spirits finding their bodies unworthy. Yeah. They need to separate if the body is not yeah. good enough. Yeah. You'd have to be a real monster. Says... <laughs> Vera tries to reassure Londo by saying that it's a, it would only be somebody that was really bad and then realizes he's stuck his foot way in it. Yeah. But he also says that he's heard this story ever since he was a child and Londo hadn't. Is this a case for nurture over nature? It's probably some 1% bullshit. (laughs) Lando, I mean, Londo's, you know, position in court is granted through birth. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably just some noble bullshit. That, not something yeah. his family would concern themselves with. Right. That they don't take to the stories of the lower culture or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But boy, 
sure didn't help him, did it, to be unplugged from the common culture. Nope. Interesting. Typically doesn't help leaders to not know what their people are living. Yeah. Learning, saying, doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) After this, Lanier leaves with the Rangers at Space TSA. Delenn sees him off in tears. Credit. And Sheridan comes and leads her away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a little creepy and weird at the end. Yeah. He says more things that make me uncomfortable, but I didn't write them down. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yep. Just, uh, not giving it a lot of time. Yeah. Can't. Well, there's so much more that deserves more time in this episode. I believe at least. But hey, Jafir, tell me how you felt about this episode. How would you rate it on our scale of Babylon's 1 to 5? If I could remove all the incel linear shit, this would be a 4 out of 5 for me in a heartbeat. Yeah. It might still be. And it might be a 4 out of 5, and if I removed the linear shit, it might be like a 4.5 out of 5. I really like this episode. It's Me too. It It's good to remember that Londo is a terrible fucking person. <laughs> yeah, especially when we've been so buddy lately. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let him off easy. He did terrible shit and he has a lifetime to make up for it and he won't be able to. It's that bad. And so it's good to do remember those things. I really like I I said it like it doesn't have to really like the cinematography in this episode. The really long shots, the tilted camera, the lighting changes, especially when they do that shot where it goes from normal to the dream sequence stuff in one go, in one take. It's so good. It's so tough. Yeah, for me, I'm going to just throw it at the haters and say this is a five out of five for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, incel linear sucks and is weird. But there's so little of it that it's true. You know, I can kind of just sweep it under the rug for now. You know, you shouldn't have to. (laughs) I shouldn't have to. (laughs) But I love the cinematography. I love the everything you described with how we transition from scene to scene. I like the story of us attempting to confront what Londo has done I do think that its placement is weird especially when we had those like last two episodes of season four Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden Londo and Jakar were kind of joking together Mm -hmm. like just like none of this had ever happened or you know (laughs) like you didn't watch my eye get plucked out and watch me almost get whipped to death and you didn't murder you know millions of people on my home world it was it that was very totally weird it seemed like this episode really was probably meant to come before those but you know mm-hmm. we know the limitations of season four but i really liked it i liked us reminding ourselves that he's done something irredeemable and we see him struggling with the weight of that and all these things that he's been burying under probably alcohol and ignoring it and he comes out okay but it's never gonna be okay yeah all right well with all that said i've pulled up a little synopsis of the very long night of susan ivanova tell me what was that supposed to be like so this would have been a season two episode 
that would have centered around the outbreak of the Narn Centauri War. The B plot would have featured the founder of Babylon 5 visiting the station. Okay, who's that? Don't doesn't say. I wonder. There was also a C plot that would have seen Ivanova being ordered by Sheridan to take some time off. The shadow attack that led to the declaration of war was moved to the coming of shadows, while the story of Babylon 5's founder was at one point moved to season 3's premiere matter of honor, matters of honor but was ultimately dropped. The episode title would later be partially recycled for the season five episode, The Very Long Night of Londo Malari. So nothing in common and stuff we either yeah. got elsewhere or never got. Yeah. So I wonder if the ordering time off would have been similar to her. What was it? Hour of the Wolf or? Are you thinking of the one where she uh, finally sat Shiva for her dad in season one? Yeah. I don't know. There are some real interesting uh, unfilmed episodes on this list here. Oh, man. There was one demon in the dust or demon on the run, a proposed sequel to the 1964 episode demon with a glass hand from the outer limits written by Harlan Ellison. Oh, of course. Uh, this project had <laughs> repeatedly been stated by JMS to be on the cards at various points in the series and would have again been written by Ellison. The episode would have featured Robert Culp reprising his role as Trent, an android from the distant future, tired after being on the run for over 300 years, arriving on the station. <laughs> that could have been fun. It's like a little King Arthur sort of callback. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, there's one that would have been about a hollow brothel on the station opening up. Wow. Uh, okay. While the B plot would have featured Delenn's removal from the Grey Council, the main plot was partially recycled for the River of Souls TV movie. Oh, we got that to look uh, forward to. I don't remember much of River of Souls besides, uh, I think, Martin Sheen's in it. Huh. I don't remember anything about it, but I just made a face, you guys. <laughs> I wish you could see. <laughs> yeah, Hollow Brothel. That reminds me of that one episode of Deep Space Nine where uh, Quark is writing Hollow programs with Kira's face on them. <laughs> I had that in Babylon 5. Can you imagine Susan Ivanova putting her boot up somebody's ass? <laughs> if only. All right. Well, that's fun. What do we have next time that is a real episode We've got of Babylon 5? Season 5, Episode 3, The Paragon of Animals. Huh. Military crises threaten the ongoing formation of the Interstellar Alliance, but Sheridan asserts its power. Sheridan wants to use the telepaths for information gathering. Uh-oh, that seems bad. <laughs> yeah, not great. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Sounds like we've got a real winner next week. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, until next week. Until next week. We have to say thank you, of course, to Jeremy Siegel. Thank you, Jeremy, for our lovely theme music. We appreciate it so much and are probably going to have to ask you about some uh, new stuff in within the next six months or so. So. Be on the lookout yeah, for that. Not on your radar. Yeah, just I'm planting the seed now. If you happen to actually listen to this episode, we'll need something for Battlestar Galactica in like a year from now. I think actually <laughs> exactly a year from now. Just about. Yeah. Neat. 
And you can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysegal42.bandcamp.com or on Spotify and Apple Music, other places that you get music as Nuclear Jaguar. Yep. Thank you, Angry Duck Time Machine, for our podcast art. We'll also be going your way again soon. Yeah. (laughs) Got to start figuring that stuff out for a year from now. You're going to have to input that because I don't know what we should be. Oh, that's fair. I mean, I guess you had the original stuff commissioned before we really knew each other anyways. So it just worked out that Londo and Jakar kind of sound like our names. So yeah, <laughs> it works. You just think on that one. You, okay. pick, you pick I'll us noodle. new characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben just rewatched it, actually. Ben and Glow just rewatched it. So. Oh, I'll, well, they can input. Yeah, yeah, I'll ask them. Or rather, I'll let them listen to this and then remind me that I was supposed to ask them. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast. We appreciate all the work you do, especially this time with all of those takes <laughs> I had. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and all the crinkles that I made. <laughs> My apologies. And thank you to you, the listener, for being here with us today. We really appreciate having you. We appreciate our two YouTube subscribers as of today. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably both Ben. (laughs) One might be last time on. I I forget if I did that or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and hey, shout out last time on. We're doing a Stargate SG-1 right now with Vic from Dominion Media and Television. It's been a lot of fun. You should go give that a listen if you don't already. Yeah. Give that a listen. You can also join us on Discord if you would like. Yeah. You can email us at whoareub5 at gmail.com. Give us your opinions about season five if you want. Yeah, we'll need those in a bit. Yeah. And you might have something to unload. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week, Internet. Bye.